Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Welcome, everybody, to Hello. Crystallizing Conversations. We are so excited to have Jen Bauer here. Jen is the founder of the Institute for Nature Center Coaching as a master wayfinder coach, Reiki master teacher, breathwork meditation healer. I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly. Ho'ola Loa energy realignment practitioner and Equus coach. She recognized that in order to best serve her clients, she should integrate these modalities into a more holistic coaching practice. It was then that she developed the PEX, P-E-C-S-S, coaching framework, which identifies the auric level where a client is stuck and applies the most appropriate tools. Pulling from her wide network of healers in various modalities, she brought together the supplemental tools and teachers that would serve to enhance and deepen a coach's practice. Jennifer is also the author of the book, Nature Guides, Release and Reconnect Through Writing, and a public speaker. She resides in Orange County, California with her husband and super cute fur baby Tucker. She showed me a photo beforehand. <laughs> I'm obsessed. What Thank you so much baby? for being here. He's a rescue mutt. He's everything. Oh, yay. <laughs> so oh. cute. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to have the opportunity to share just what I've learned and about animals and my favorite topics. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. And Jen and I met uh, just last month. Mm -hmm. We met at a one day retreat that a, uh, a friend of ours was having and she happened to be there. It was a one day retreat where we could network with other healers, like-minded people. And I feel like me and Jen hit it off right off the bat. Absolutely. <laughs> we we're both obsessed with animals. And she had this, I, I found it very profound. Um, Jen is also a photographer. You, did you do the photos for the book that we'll be talking about? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. On my own so that wow. ties into why. So she was at the retreat taking photos of each of the people to to use for whatever they wanted to use. And I'm so awkward with photos. <laughs> Robbie was today <laughs> like, oh, you know, I did my hair, put, put on makeup. He's like, you look so beautiful. Can I take a picture? And I'm like, you know, I'm not good with photos. <laughs> but uh, Jen was taking a photo and she's like, well, what's your favorite animal? Because I was telling her how awkward I am. And I'm like, you know what? The lion. Well, what do you, why? What's, you know, what do you love about the lion? It's like, you know, they're just so regal and courageous and just, they have this presence and this beautiful mane. And, you know, I'm just going on and on about why I love lions. And she's like, well, you know, that whatever qualities you see in that, in your favorite animal is what already is within you. And it was just this profound aha moment for me of like, oh, wow. Oh, I never thought of myself that way. And I just thought that was so amazing. So. That's how I met Jen. <laughs> that was our first conversation. 
Well, and your energy and your your natural beauty just like you relaxed in that moment. And so I was able to capture the real you rather than the, oh, I need to pose you. Right. And so it was just so beautiful to see you lean into that in that moment. And then I was like, yay, okay. Click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Cause yes, most photos that I have of me, I'm like, oh, let, let's not. <laughs> so yeah, that was really cool. Um, so we like to ask each of our guests that come on if there is a particular crystal that they are drawn to. Uh, yes. And I think this is lapis azurite or is this lapis lazuli, but it reminds me of the earth. Oh yeah. That, that beautiful it looks like it's actually it looks azurite like malachite. Oh, it's, oh yeah. I was going to say chrysocolla no, oh, malachite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's beautiful. Yeah, totally looks like. So the green in there is is malachite and the blue in there is chrysocolla. Oh, beautiful. And then what is? The brown, it's a little hard to tell from the screen, but it's either the matrix stone that I grew around. It may have a little bit of cuprite in there as well, if it's got a reddish tint to it, which is another copper-based mineral. But they're they're all in the same family. They're all copper-based minerals and they often will grow together. It looks, but it totally looks like it, the earth. It really does. Oh, I actually I love that. It's one of my favorites. I actually have <gasps> my own little earth sphere. <laughs> Twin, oh right my here. goodness. So mine is, is mine is one of the very first spheres I ever bought for myself. And it is um, a desert jasper or polychrome jasper. It was one of the ones I was going to talk about for connecting with earth and animal energies. <laughs> but it looks funny. like the planet, this, this particular one anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, wow. So That's if you, amazing. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you are um unable to see this, you can always you can check this out on, on YouTube and, and just watch this little clip. But um yeah, we both have spheres that look like that look like planets. That How is funny. Beautiful. That's so cool. <laughs> and then I have to ask because we're gonna be talking about animals <clears throat> today. What your do you have a favorite animal? Can you choose one? I can't possibly choose. I work with so many of them. Um, but recently it's probably horses and owls. Um, when, with all the winds that we were having in the weather, I was walking my dog and found this and it oh wanted to be goodness. picked up. And so it's an owl feather, um, that really resonated with me. I oh, love beautiful. owl medicine and owl has shown up when I'm having, um, like times of spiritual leveling up. And so that was really it was a nice affirmation to, to find that. And then I worked with horses over the weekend and I just, I love working with horses. So those and I'm so excited too. to get into that as well. And Jillian, isn't the owl one of your, uh, animals? Yes. Yeah. The, your one of my main, I would say animal guides. Yeah. Um, when I first started meditating as an early teen, the owl was the first one to show up and has been with me the entire time and has, has a name and has a very specific attitude. And is Beautiful. Definitely a little, a little tough love, but, um, yeah, but yeah, he's, he's, he's been there as long as, you know, as long as I remember really. And, and even before I started actively meditating, you know, feeling back, I was like, yeah, this, this presence has really always been with me. And yeah. whenever I go on nature walks, I almost always see an owl. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty fantastic. That's so. amazing. And we actually have a one day retreat. <laughs> Wasn't owls like a, a yeah? It was a theme that came through as well. Yeah, how funny. So, what does I know? We're going a little bit off our off our sheet here, but like, what does 
owl medicine? Because I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of people who are spiritually inclined often will connect with owl medicine. So is there, diff- I guess, what in general does owl medicine typically represent um, if they're showing up for us? And are there different nuances from different cultures? I'm really curious. So I like to look at animal medicine as what it means to you and your relationship with it. And so Mm. there's so many books out there and we, you know, there's tools there that you can pull from, but my preference is actually to touch into what it means to you and your relationship with it. And so your meaning for owl is probably going to be a little different than my meaning for owl and Iris's meaning for owl. And I just encourage folks to connect with in the same way that Iris was talking about why she loves lions. Like what is it about the owl that is supporting you that you feel is coming from them energetically in the way that they are engaging with you. And then that's the medicine that they're bringing for you. Um, Mm -hmm. across wisdom traditions, it's very much been wisdom, especially spiritual wisdom. And I think the nuances then come from what your personal relationship is with the owl, like what noticing when it shows up for you and what the themes happen to be and how that energy supports you through whatever's happening in your life and starting to notice the trends. And then that becomes that spirit guide for you. Um, in the ways that it is meaningful for you. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love that. And I was going to mention this later, but I might as well just mention it now. Um, (laughs) I feel like over the years, as I've worked with crystals, I feel like everything kind of all came together for me, not only with working with crystals, but starting to really look into the symbolism of spirit animals and just all the things. And for me personally, um, I was showing Jen before we started recording, there was an Oracle deck that I found that when I had been looking for books on the meanings of spirit, different animals, everyone that I looked up just didn't resonate. When I would look up the animal, I'm like, that doesn't make sense for me, like why I would be seeing that. And I ended up finding this um, Oracle deck. It's called the the Spirit Animal Oracle deck. And it's actually the the book that I love most. I'll also use it like Oracle cards, but most of the time I'm using it for reference. But I find, Jen, the, the fact that you are having people turn inward and really asking themselves rather than turning, I think tools are great. And if, if you would rather have, you know, sometimes we'll see an obscure animal and they're like, I don't even know what that would mean for myself. So it is good to have, but I think having us turn inward and really find out what is that meaning for you? I think that's so huge because it, it connects us back to realizing that we have this wisdom within us. Absolutely. It's, that we need to trust ourselves and really turn inward and, and ask ourselves because the answers are all there already. And it is good to have tools, to, but. Well, and tools are there to be useful, mm-hmm. right? They're useful. They're not meant to be dogma. It's not meant to be our entire lives are defined by the rules that have been set up. They're not rules, they're tools. Yes. And so, you know, they're useful and that's yeah. it. And if they're no, if they're no longer useful, if it doesn't resonate, then hmm. it isn't useful, and you find a different tool, or you don't use the tool at all. Yeah, right, totally. And and if you are encountering an animal that you know nothing about, that doesn't have 
prior history or meaning to you. It's just, it's simply researching, you know, what that animal is, how it lives, what it does. And you'll start to go, oh, 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 mm-hmm. you know, where you start to build and understand those connections. So mm-hmm. I less like using the books that say this is, this equals that and more just learning about them and their characteristics and how they live and their habitats and then tying in that correlation to yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. That That's happened amazing. to me recently <clears throat> where I, you know, the owls, that was always been there. And I had a, I guess, uh, I participated in a, in a, in a ritual in a shamanic ritual and the cheetah came to me and I had never interacted with the cheetah and at least knowingly. And then the medicine woman I was working with, she was like, oh no, this cheetah has been with you since you've been very young, but you just haven't been aware, but she's like curled around you. (laughs) And I, but I, you know, like, and I know, like, I know what a cheetah is. I know that it can run really fast. I know like where its habitat is. But besides that, I didn't really know anything about cheetah medicine. And so when I started doing the research and like looking up interesting facts about it and how it lives and how their societies are formed and what is dangerous to it and what it helps them thrive. It was like, oh yeah, this actually really, yep. Mm-hmm, this really resonates. Yeah. And so I think that is also a really fun. It's fun being able to not know and being able to discover instead of just being told. told. Yeah. Yes. Right. I think and that's, that's so true. Exactly. It was, it was delightful and wondrous being able to, and to you're find develop- parts of myself. Yeah. And you're developing a relationship through that research and that resonance and that diving mm-hmm. deeper, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to read out loud part of what you put in your bio on your website, because I thought it was so amazing. I feel like you are an expert in so many different things. And if anyone has a chance, please read Jen's bio. It's very inspiring. Um, But you wrote, life coaching and energy work is not just a vocation. It's my lifestyle. I self-facilitate as much as I do so for clients, because these tools continually bring me back to myself, back to truth, and back to love and light. Over the years, these tools have helped me heal some of my greatest pains, and now they continue to gift me with personal growth and deep spiritual awareness. Um, so beautiful. And I find I, as we interview people, I'm realizing the same, not necessarily theme, but everyone has been through horrible things in their lives. And when they heal themselves, you start to become a light for other people because they see, oh, you went through this and you were able to emerge and emerge beautifully from it. And here you, and then you go on to teach about it because people want to hear about it. And I just find it so amazing because all of us have horrible things that happen to us. And I think remembering that when we're going through those hard times of like so-and-so or even even ourselves looking back to times that we had something bad happen and what it led to. And I just, again, I just find that so beautiful. But I am curious uh, when it comes to animals and connecting to nature, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and finding um, our relation to them and connecting to the wisdom from our, from ourselves? Like how you've gone on this journey of working with animals to go within. Ooh, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, but yes, as you were even reading back those words, it, 
I have such profound gratitude for the tools because of where they've brought me. And um, one instance in particular is why I'm an Equus coach. I was on my master Wayfinder coach retreat. So it was the end of training. We had this weekend retreat in North Carolina at this ranch. And our mentor and uh, master teacher decided to facilitate Equus coaching for each one of us. And what I was working through at that point in time was anxiety around needing backup plans to backup plans to backup plans. And I'd operated as long as, as far as I could remember is needing con- to control all the variables, needing to see around corners, needing to, um, needing to know as many steps out as I possibly could so that I could navigate and not be caught off guard. And what came out in the session with the horse, Smokey, um, was that it stemmed back to my mom's suicide. And so when I was 20 years old, my mom committed suicide. And the long and short of it is I, for about 15 years after that, believed I was the reason why she did. And so I carried this grief and this shame and this regret around with me like a heavy stone. And when that realization came to the surface, Smokey put his forehead against my heart chakra Mm -hmm. and he started shaking and convulsing and stomping and yawning. And at the point in time, I didn't understand what was happening. And so I, I, I asked my teacher, said, it, you know, is, is he having a seizure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And she said, no, he's showing you how to release trauma somatically. It, animals in the wild, oh, wow. when they release trauma, they shake. Mm-hmm. And he was literally processing my emotions for me and oh, with me goodness. on my behalf. And if you understand horse, horses in general, um, that, that part of their forehead is their blind spot. So they can't see. So it's the most vulnerable position for a horse to be in was putting his forehead against my heart chakra. Obviously the heart chakra having a lot of meaning, but the horse processing and showing me how to process that trauma. And so I then immediately just started this ugly cry sobbing. That was just this deep aching crying um, as this horse is helping me process. And I got to the end of the wave um, and my natural tendency was to spiritually bypass. And so I said, you know, but it brought me to where I am and da, 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 da. And I had this whole little happy, like tie it up in a bow, kind of like, let me end the session. And the horse immediately ran to the opposite end of the arena. And I knew enough in watching other people's sessions that the horse was calling bullshit. So horses are lie detectors. And when we're lying to ourselves, we're unsafe to them and they get as far away from us as possible. So I knew that that was happening. And my teacher then looked at me and she said, well, the whole, the horse is calling BS. How do you really feel about the rug being pulled out from underneath you? And I said, it effing sucks. And I'm tired of being strong all the time. And I once again, crumpled into this crying and the horse ran directly back to me and put his head back where he was. And it was the most beautiful gift for him to show me the healing that I still needed to do. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, I need to train in this modality. But then I also started to seek out somatic healing. And so that's when it led me to breathwork meditation healing and having a profound experience receiving that and then training in it. So every modality that I work with clients on, it's really because it's been so profound in my own healing journey that then I want to be able to share that with others. 
That is so beautiful. And I'm so excited to talk a little bit more. So I had, um, I've always loved animals, obviously, um, since I was really little, which is why I used to be a vet tech, but, um, horses, I remember going to the library and I would rent all the books that they had on horses. And we lived in a like tracked home neighborhood. There's no way we could have a horse, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm getting a horse. And like, I was researching <laughs> all the different, you know, types of horses and which one I would want. And in my barn, we have a like small backyard in my barn, what I'm going to have, like how I'm going to lay out the hay and all this stuff. And, um, when I got older and I got married, I got married at 18 and that's a whole other story. That's obviously not the guy I'm married to now, but, um, I actually ended up getting a horse and it was my, one of my dreams is Shire. I love the Shire. Uh, so if you're not familiar with, uh, the Shire horse, it's like a Clydesdale, but like on steroids, it's even bigger and they come in different <laughs> colors, not just black and brown. So uh, they're just so beautiful. And her wow. name was Guinevere and she had the most beautiful mane and, uh, <sighs> just the relationship with horses. There's just this, I can't even explain, like my heart's just like, what, find the words and I can't find the words, but the fact that you are able to work with people and horses because not everyone has the luxury of, I mean, that's a lot of upkeep. It's a lot of money to be able to work with horses or even be around them. And a lot of people are terrified of them um, just because they're so big, Mm -hmm. but little do they realize that they're like more terrified of us. We're the predator, they're the prey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, so you work, you're able to work with your clients and bring them in to work with horses because you said, is it the horses that are nearby you? Is that the ones that people that you are able to work one-on-one with horses? Yes. When I'm working with clients, I bring them over to the Huntington Central Park Equestrian Center. There's a nonprofit Mm -hmm. that I work with. Um, We bring inner city youth through and we do an Mm eight-week program with them. And so I'm one of the main facilitators with Free Rain Foundation and working with the horses there. And then the, the other aspect of what they do is they rescue horses that have been abused neglected, um, or driven from their homes. So we get a lot of Mustangs in that have, you know, people have taken over their lands and driven them out. And so the ones that we believe we can rescue, we do. And so, um, the horses are amazing and it's really horses, healing humans, humans, healing horses, and the way that organization set up and they've been gracious in allowing me to work with the horses that they have there at the rescue one-on-one with my clients in exchange for being one of the main facilitators that work with the kids that we bring through. So I feel really blessed to be able to have access to a number of horses. Um, and then it's just kind of deciding based on what the client wants to work through and me knowing the horses and their personalities, what ones might be a good fit for them and -hmm. what their intentions are for the session. And it allows me the, the, ability to work with them without the financial responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And how you worded that, that's so interesting because I was immediately thought of crystals of like, Oh, what are you trying? What are you trying to accomplish with this healing session? Okay. These are the crystals I'm going to pair. So it's the same with horses have personalities. Absolutely. And so that totally makes sense that you would like get the background on, okay, what is it you're trying to work through? Oh, this horse would be a perfect companion for us to, to work one-on-one. And how cool is that, that you are enabling horses to be healers? I just find that like... So cool and amazing. I don't know. To me, it's mind blowing. Come up, come up and visit. We'll play with the horses. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm nerding out over here because I'm <laughs> so into animals. Um, so besides horses, when you are um, working with your clients in you know your your healing, what are some other ways that you facilitate working with animals in order for people to connect with and heal themselves? So sometimes I'll ask them, you know, for an animal or a plant that would represent as a symbol for what they're going through or, or a support. And then we kind of dive in a little bit and how I was, um, you know, saying like, what does that mean to you? And we just start to uncover what that is. So the left side of our brain processes 40 bits of information per second. That's our logic, language, reasoning side of the brain. Um, our right side of the brain, which is more subconscious and um, tied into our sight, sound, taste, touch, smell, which doesn't have language, works in symbols. And so in the same way we dream and the dream symbols have their own meanings for us, um, our subconscious works in symbols with imagery. And so even just asking them, you know, what animal might support you in this, what plant might support you in this, whatever pops into their brain, we then start to dive in what that symbol means for them so that they can start to gain and connect with that inner wisdom on why that is a symbol so that we can get out of the rules and the conditioning that we've set for ourselves that's blocking them from accessing what they already know. Um, if nothing's really coming to them, I'll pick up my book um, and we'll just flip to a page and I kind of use it as and, an oracle deck. And then, you know, we work with whatever the animal is in there and it's like, okay, you know, what is this? What does this Jaguar mean for you and how it's set up? And so God. we, you know, we can work that <laughs> way. So mm -hmm. um, that's so cool. Or, or it's just, you know, look around in your room. Do you see an animal or plant and, and working with that as a symbol or look outside your window? And so it's, it's accessing that subconscious part of their brain that already has the answers and the wisdom and giving something tangible for them to connect with and answer questions about that then unlocks that wisdom. But the answers are already there. Right. I feel like it's more about us paying attention. Yes. They're always there. It's us noticing and paying attention to, Hmm, that caught my eye. Why? Exactly. Um, I had an experience where I was <laughs> in the bathroom and my, our bath towel was like the way it was hanging. The folds look like a panda. And I was like, huh. And, but I have, was like trying to be more at the time, more conscious of when you notice something, look it up. And I yeah. couldn't tell you now, what it was, what at the time the meaning was for me, but it was just so spot on. So just these little, you know, tiny things that seem insignificant, taking the time to sit and process. Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and if folks are looking for ways to understand that, just start getting curious about it. Notice how you would describe it. Like what are the adjectives that you would use to describe it? And there's, there's layers of metaphor in those adjectives um, because of the words that you're choosing. And that's where you start connecting both halves of the brain and you start allowing that language to come in to give it meaning by getting curious. Like, what does this represent for me? What does this represent in the world? How is it here to help me? What are the adjectives that I would use to describe it? All of those are clues to start to unlock that wisdom. So true. And again, I'm just loving this. <laughs> just uh, taking it all in. Um, now you showed uh, the book just for a second and I kind of want to talk to you about it if, 
if you can. Um, First of all, if you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening, it had the the cover is a lion. So of course I'm automatically drawn to it, but um, it's so beautiful. And these are photos you took yourself. Yes. Every photo in here. um, I'm a nature photographer by hobby and passion. And Uh so it's all my own photography. And then I paired it with journal prompts and just some animal wisdom based on each of the animals that are in there um, to help kind of get the juices flowing so people can start to access that. That lion so, looks so happy. Right? <laughs> He's scratching- so satisfied. <laughs> yeah, right? He's scratching his head. I mean, each one of them has a memory for me because I remember what was going on when I was taking the photo, mm, but he right. was just kind of using that that bush to just scratch his head right Aww. there. And you know that he was like, oh yeah, right there. That's the that's spot. The spot. Yeah. <laughs> satisfied. I have to say, um, so every most of our listeners by now know that I'm working on an encyclopedia for crystal formations, but I started a book prior to that, which is just on the surface markings of crystals because there's so many different things that go on. So I was, I was starting a book, but I've already have it laid out. I kind of put that one on pause because I want to do the encyclopedia first, but it's literally how your your book for your this book is laid out. It's a photography book. So I worked with a photographer and getting multiple images of these surface markings and then pairing it with journal prompts and what these surface marks. So people can just have it as a coffee book, coffee table book, because it's beautiful, or they can like look through and be like, well, what does this mean for me? So when you, when I read that about your book, I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. Talk about synchronicity. Yeah. So cool. That is awesome. (laughs) The parallels. So I know one of the courses, because we're, you know, talking about different animals, one of the the main things I noticed in the course that you teach is you have um, an entire program on, on the sea turtle and the its life cycle and what it represents. I would really love to know a bit more about the sea turtle and like its significance to you and your inclusion in it as like a main part of your program. I'm, I'm really curious about that. Oh yeah. Um, I brought my little sea turtle here <gasps> on my desk. And so, Aww, so um, cute. he's got a necklace even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The beads, all the, oh, all the cool. stones. So I, I adorn my sea turtles. Um, so aside from representing the divine feminine, um, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is if you look at the sea turtle shell here and, and for folks that are not seeing on YouTube, um, this part of the shell, um, that's the top part, there's 13 pieces and there's hmm. 28 on the edge. And so oh. it represents the moon cycles, women's moon cycle, and the divine feminine and tapping oh, yeah. into that wisdom, um, there, but oh. really the class, I mean, aside from that is focused on using the framework of a sea turtle's life cycle to understand where people are in their own personal journey. And so the first, um, the first phase of that is the nesting phase. And that's usually caused by some sort of um, change catalyst moment. So some sort of change in identity, something that happens, you become a mother, you lose a child, you get divorced, you get married, you change careers. What I mean, those are the big, big items. Um, but it's when you start to notice that your role is no longer what it was, but you don't necessarily know what that next role is, what that next identity is. And that's the nesting phase. So that's the very first phase. And so when we're working with clients, we never want to push them past that because they just don't know yet. They need to have that, um, that space to go inward 
and to nest, you know, to curl up in a blanket, to grieve the loss of the old identity um, without forcing that new identity to be present yet. And so it's giving space for when you think of a nest, whether it's a bird nest or a sea turtle nest, it's that safe space to just be. And then we start to get a little inkling of ideas. And then we move into phase two, which is the incubation. And that's when we start to dream about what that next vision might be, what that next career step might be, what that next phase of our identity might be. And that's that incubation phase. And then when we start to want to bring that external, so we've mapped it out in our minds, we have an idea of how we want to present it to the world. Then we call that the next phase is the hatching. That's the breaking out of that internal um, shell and starting to hatch that idea out into the world. Maybe we share it with a few of our friends. We start to post a few things. We start to create a website. We really start to bring that forward in that hatching phase. And then when we really want to embrace um, that that next chapter, that next identity, there's a moment of surrender that happens. And so if you think about a sea turtle, you know, it's in that, it's in that nest, goes through that incubation for 30 to 45 days. And then all these little sea turtles start hatching from their nest. And they have this really long journey down to the ocean. I mean, if you look at a sea turtle, it's, you know, two or three inches. He's got these little paws. Have you ever seen sea turtles <laughs> running from a nest to the yes, ocean? So I mean, and, but it's all these little, little <laughs> steps. And it feels like this really long journey, like whatever, if we're creating a new career for ourselves, I'll just use that as an example. We're like, oh my God, there's 5,000 gazillion things I need to do before I can really make this a viable career. And that sounds really hard and it sounds really overwhelming. And if we look at that whole journey as a whole, it is overwhelming. But in that hatching phase, if we take one tiny little seed turtle step at a time, just the step that's right in front of us, we deal with all of the hurdles, all of the testing and adjusting, all of those little phases before we get to the ocean. The ocean's that final destination. And so it's kind of giving grace for that period of that hero's journey that it takes the sea turtle on to get all the way to the ocean. And then when he gets to the ocean, there's these giant waves in comparison. They look like tidal waves, but the sea turtle totally just embraces it, just surrenders into that force knowing that that's its home, knowing that that's where it's intended to be, knowing that that is where the life force will come for them to be able to thrive. It's where it's going to get its food. It's where it's going to be the most um, fulfilled and it's going to flow. Like a sea turtle on land is just awkward, but a sea turtle in the ocean is this graceful, beautiful animal. And so there's this moment of surrender where it's just like, I trust that this new identity is where I'm supposed to be. And, and it takes that moment of faith and that moment of release of control to go into that ocean environment. Um, and then it's in flow. And then it's just floating and allowing, you know, nature to provide for it. And so when I look at the sea turtle life cycle, I see that this is how we operate in our, in our lives. And from a coaching model, when we're training coaches, it's to help them identify where is my client in this phase. So I'm not pushing them past where they're supposed to be. And so that I know what tools will support them in these different phases. So in the hatchling phase, you know, there's going to be a lot of test and adjust. There's going to be a lot of 
you know, making some mistakes because you just don't know what you don't know yet. And so how do you support them in their willingness to fail in order to succeed? How do you help them through their limiting beliefs of, I can't do this. I'm not the person who's supposed to do this. This is too hard. Like, how do you help them in that from a, you know, dissolving those limiting beliefs? Um, some people who are used to believing that everything has to be hard, that, that fourth phase of flow is actually challenging because they don't know how to let things be easy. And so it's helping them dissolve those old habits of, I have to work for what I want rather than giving in to following that river and following the flow of the current in the ocean. Um, if it's in that nesting phase, it's how do you just provide safe space for the crumbling down and the dissolving of where they are, that dissolving of that old identity that no longer fits. Um, and in the incubation, it's, okay, how do we get really curious? How do we start mapping out what you want um, and ideating all the different ways that you can go with this new canvas that you have that's completely blank? And starting to identify what's the, what are the things that are going to help light that person up that, that really resonates with them so that they can start to form that path forward. And so that's where we use the sea turtle as a model and a framework um, for coaches to support their clients. <laughs> I'm just sitting here so amazed. I'm like taking notes, writing everything same. down. But I, I'm <laughs> sure Jillian and I are both thinking the same thing of like, these are all the steps when it came to the podcast that each of us went through individually and together, like the, the, the nesting phase and the, you know, allowing the falling away pretty much of what we were mm -hmm. to evolve. And like literally every single one of those steps, I'm like, Oh, I wish we had you at the nesting phase. Cause now we're in the trust phase. So we've like, yeah, through all of these but that is so cool and resonates so much. I'm sure for many of us, li those listening as well, because these are, these are uh, steps that I feel like throughout life we go through. Yes. Over you and know, over again, like this corkscrew yes. is. Yep. And, and it, it also, you know, just looking at my own experience too, it's like, all right. So for the podcast context, we're in the surrender and flow, but like in this whole other part of my life, I'm like, oh crap, I'm nesting. Like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but like how beautiful that is yeah. in terms of, okay, I just need to be a blanket burrito. Yeah. And like, yes. Yes. And that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> and different aspects of our lives are going to be in different phases mm -hmm. and giving ourselves grace, knowing that this and is I love, exactly how it's supposed to be. And I love the imagery too, because when you, when you're looking at a at a beach, right? And you're seeing those waves, like they're not all going at the same time, right? There's constant lapping over each other. And it, it's, it's such a beautiful image of how messy our lives can be, but that's a good thing. Yes. And that we're always this cycle of, of, of rhythms and we're not meant to be only one singular, you know, one singular wave always in sync with everything that's happening in our lives. It's always going to be this turnover. And that's part of the beauty of expansion is that we, we do always get to grow. We are always in this, in this, in this expansion phase. Exactly. Um, and that's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And one more uh, symbolism thinking of that is um, the reason why sea turtles know what direction the ocean is, is because of their connection to the moon. And so mm -hmm. the moon, how the moon pulls on the tides, it also then directs 
the sea turtle. And so if you aren't connected to your moon or your, you know, what people call their North star or whatever, if you're not connected mm-hmm. to that, that moon, that direction, that inner knowing you can get lost. So it's just, we're all just nodding. <laughs> yes, like, yes. Yes. You're not watching. We're just like processing it all. Thinking it's, about it's it like all. crashing over. I was like, yes. Oh, profound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wisdom of animals. The wisdom. Totally. totally. And the, I, not to go back, but <clears> I need <throat> to go back to the nesting. I feel like for me throughout my life, the nesting has always been the hard part for me of like, okay, I don't know. And not, I've never, or I haven't for the longest time given myself the grace to just be. It's like, well, I don't know, but let me keep finding it. Let me keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And More I remember- society. Our society doesn't allow for rest. It doesn't allow for breaking yes, down yes. to rebuild. Right. And I so that makes sense. Where both my parents, my mom worked and my dad was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. So it's like always been ingrained in me. But I remember I had this roommate. She's one of my best friends, but this was in my early 20s. And I admired her so much because on her day off, this was when I was I was going to school full time at night and working full time during the day. And when she had a day off, she would stay in PJs all day, laying on the couch, watching Disney movies, napping on and off. And I would look at her and be like, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish I could do that. But I never allowed myself because it's like, nope, you gotta, you know, and now I'm in the, I'm allowing myself to just be, I feel like it's still something that I need to work on, but I think it is. It's something that's so important and I'm glad we're bringing it to light because give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. Give yourself permission to not know and to just be it. And it's so important. I feel like it's those times when there's a quote in one of, it's one of my Oracle cards. I don't remember which deck it's in, but it's, she rests to create. Yes, exactly. You Mm -hmm. can't bring about the incubation period of that ideation if you don't give yourself permission to just be. And so some people get stuck in that nesting phase and never break out because they're frenetically trying to fill their time in their space that blocks them from access to the creativity that needs space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. I never even thought of that, of being stuck in the nesting because you're forcing so much. It just never quite happens. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, there's, I feel like there's, there's two traps there, right? Because there's this sense of, I have to be productive to be, to have worth that I have to be productive in order to be worthy of the things that I want in order to, be a member of society that is worth being alive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you, if you, those lazy bums, they're worth like, I mean, the horrible things that people come up with, but, but the, it's still it's very ingrained in our society. It's very it's conditioned ingrained. for sure. So there's this idea that in order to be alive and worthy, I have to be productive. And then I think there's the second part of that, the second trap, there's this idea that besides productivity, I can't deal with my emotions. So I have to keep busy. Oh yeah. The mm-hmm. avoidance. And yes, yes, exactly. So there's like these twofold yes. bumpers that mm-hmm. are making it challenging yep. to feel like it's okay to sit and be in the emotion or be in the dissolvement or be in the joy and serenity that can come from resting. Yes. And you've uh, at and least, it's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, keep going. Oh, no, no, I was just going to, I was just going to finish by saying, and I think what often can happen is right. If we don't allow what you just said, like if we don't allow 
the percolation creation can't come. And if we don't allow the dissolvement expansion can't come. And if we don't, you know, and if we're always being productive, creativity doesn't mean something's productive. People can write a book that nobody reads and it's still a beautiful creation. Yes. And there's, I think, a lot of confusion in our society between the act of creating and its value versus production and its value. And that creation is actually inherently much more valuable than production, but our society doesn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you actually hit on two very good points in that it helps then understanding that that is the nature of that space. And if if you're recognizing a client is in that, but they're not allowing for it, you're saying, okay, what are those two areas that they're living in that I can then help them get unstuck from that? Either the avoidance of processing the emotions and the grief that comes with that chapter ending or the, okay, what are their limiting beliefs and the the rules that they've grown up with around what it means to be productive, what it means to have time and space Um, And that's then cluing the coach into, okay, let's start digging on these things because they aren't allowing that, that phase to be that phase. Mm -hmm. You, you absolutely nailed that. I think having that coaching, I I'm realizing how important that is for people that don't have an outsider's perspective, right? Like they're just, they feel stuck and they just don't know why. And they're doing this almost like circling down the drain. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. what's happening. And they don't have anyone in our, in their life. Like, I feel like me and Jillian are very blessed um, that we have a lot of spiritually minded people that we can go to and talk to about, you know, talk about these things. And I think that's why it's so great that you are, have come up with this program with all these different coaches from multiple different backgrounds that you can go to and, and give your problems but they actually have tools to help you rather than just complaining to a friend and having the friend, which is nice to have a listening ear, but it's like, well, sucks for you. I guess we'll, we'll talk next time you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> nice to have someone um, to bounce those ideas off of. And if you don't mind, I would love to talk a little bit about your natured center program. Um, I, Jillian and I both were looking at, we were just like ooing and awing at all the things <laughs> on this one. on this website with all the different healers that you have and all the different (laughs) modalities. And it's like a syllabus going to, to school, but for the most exciting, fun, amazingness. Um, Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about it? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's brilliant. Oh goodness. How I came up with it, I think was following lots of breadcrumbs um, and getting lots of downloads and meditations and pushing them off and saying, nope, sorry, that's for somebody else. Nope. Sorry. That's not me. I haven't been doing this long enough. I mean, all my limiting beliefs around not me, somebody else can go create this. And, um, and I started to ideate and I was like, well, let me just think like, what could this possibly look at? If I wanted to like, what would I have created for myself and how I would have wanted to learn if I could have expedited this whole process um, rather than having to seek out the different tools and putting them together in my own healing journey? If I were to bring that into a whole program for people, what would that look like? And I started to map stuff out and I was like, oh, but I know somebody who does this that I don't know about. And I know somebody who does this that I don't know about. And I would pull in this. And so I started to realize that I already had this network that knew the things to fill in the spaces on what that ideal would look like. And I was like, hmm, 
hmm, this might actually work. So then I reached out to those people and said, so I got this crazy idea. <laughs> I want to create this nature-centered coach training program. Would you be interested? And everyone got so excited, everyone I reached out to, and then they were starting to bug me. They're like, okay, so when are we doing this? And I'm like, oh, but that's really big. And there's a lot of <laughs> sea turtle steps to get there. And, you know, I had my own, my own journey and my own uh, resistance to it. But I kept getting the nudges and meditations. It was like, no, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. And so one morning I was walking my dog and I came back um, into our patio and I noticed that there was a bird that had hit our window that was kind of sprawled out in, in this little grassy patch. And so I brought the dog back inside. I came back out with a shoebox and some tissue and the bird let me pick it up. It didn't fight back. It didn't try to bite. It didn't oh, do wow. anything. It just let me pick it up. And I put it in the box, brought it into my office here. I flowed some Reiki to it. Um, and through it. And then I logged on to this Facebook group I'm a part of that's um, animal wisdom communicators. And so I logged in and would send a picture like, Hey, I don't know what this bird needs. Do I need to take it to a vet? Like, how do I, what do I do for this? If you can connect with a bird, is it just stunned? Is it broken wing? Is it broken leg? Like what's going on with the bird? If you can communicate, that would be great. And then I logged out, went about my day. I would like flow some Reiki and then go back. And about 20 minutes later, the bird flew up and landed on my arm. And I was For, like, oh, oh, hello there. Wild wow. bird. That's crazy. For a wild bird. Wow. That's crazy. Um, and then it started flying around my room. And I'm like, okay, well, you're obviously okay. So I opened up my window and he flew out or she, don't know, closed the window, <laughs> logged back into the group because I didn't want people to have to do unnecessary work. You know, the, the bird's fine. And I saw this response from this woman who had connected with the bird. And she said, this really big thing that you're afraid to do the bird is there as a messenger to let you know, take the leap and fly. Mm. And that's when I was like, okay, I just got (laughs) to, yeah, I just got to surrender into it and just build it. Um, And that's how it, that's how it came to be. But the curriculum itself is if, if I were to have built something for myself that would have walked me through my, my healing journey to where I am now, if I could, create a set of skills to not only support myself, but support others, what would that look like? Because what I realized in all the trainings, there was no one modality that did it all. It was like, mm-hmm. I could I could learn to move energy for people and I could help them heal their bodies. But if they didn't change the root of why they were sick, if they didn't make those lifestyle changes, they'd get sick again. And so that's where it was like, okay, thought work comes into play. And so I started to build out And these dots started to connect. And what the PECs really was is we have to work on our blocks across the physical, the emotional, the conscious, the subconscious, and the spiritual. Mm. And so we're usually blocked in multiple places. Like you can do the same thought work and, and realize, okay, we've been working on the same theme for years now. It's probably because it's lodged energetically in my body because I've been thinking it for so many for so long, or I've been, you know, I've got this passed through my DNA because I have a whole family that has this trauma um, and we continue to perpetuate it. And so really what it is, it's, it's laying out across the pecs for the, for the students. Here's a whole bunch of modalities that help in the physical. Here's a bunch of modalities that help with the emotional processing. Here's a bunch of modalities that help with the conscious processing. Here's how we work with the subconscious um, and start to identify the blocks there. And now here's some spiritual tools. And so, you know, everyone's got things that'll resonate with them. And so I wanted to give the students enough breadth 
for them to go, okay, I want to take a little bit of this. I want to take a little bit of this. I want to take a little bit of this. And I want to integrate it with my own gifts, with my own uniqueness that I'm bringing into the world. And then that becomes the offering that I present out. And so I've trained in all these things. And now these, this is my special sauce that I integrate together. And this is what I offer up to the world. And so that's the vision behind it. And it's 11 months. It's weekly classes. There's online training. So it's a mixture of videos, audios, reading materials, uh, worksheets. And then they come to the live class. And then the live class, it's clarifying, answering questions, and then practicing the tool with the expert there to give feedback, to guide, to redirect as they need to. Um, and then we have a two-day retreat at the end. That is so amazing. I feel like, and I feel like Jillian, this is for both of us. Um, when we started the podcast, my, my vision for the podcast was because of that very same reason. Like crystals have been such a huge part of my life, but it hasn't just been crystals. It's been spirit guides. It's been, yeah. you know, healing my childhood wounds. It's been, it's been all these things that have come together to help me on yes. my own personal journey, which is why I wanted to do the podcast. And I'm pretty sure Jillian as well is like, we know it's more crystals are mm -hmm. amazing and we're incorporating them every little second we can, but mm -hmm. it's all these things that come together. together. So mm -hmm. 100% agree on that. And I think this is beautiful and amazing that you're doing this and that you, you. congratulations Thank for you. putting your faith in yourself. <laughs> to yeah, do it because yeah. a lot of times we get these big ideas and we're too fearful. Like you said, that's how I feel about uh, crystal formations. Like who am I to do this? Why am I the one that's supposed to do this? But so far no one else is really doing it. So the universe <laughs> keeps poking at me and I'm like, fine. Okay. I'll do it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and it's learning to, you know, have that faith in yourself. So you deserve a big high five. Thank you for following your, your gut and your intuition and knowing that this was the right thing to do. And I think it will help a lot of people. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And everyone needs to go look it up. It's um, naturecenteredcoaching.com. Thank well, you. We'll link it in the show notes. So <laughs> yes. when does, so we've got, so there's kind of like two, there's a couple offerings here, right? Cause there's the, there's the actual 11 month school, shall we say. Yeah. Um, when does that start? In Is September. It, it's yeah. It's around the, the fall. Okay. So September, 2023. So for yeah, those of you listening, years yes, from now, you can, <laughs> but it's great because if there's something that's really resonating, it gives you plenty of time to talk to the universe and be like, Hey, I want to make this investment because mm -hmm. this is the way that I need to grow. So for all of you, human design, emotional authorities, you've got plenty of time to, to feel <laughs> into it. Um, exactly. so September, so that's amazing. And then for those who are like, I really resonate with everything that you're saying. I really want to do this work, but I'm not, I know my path is not to be a coach in that way. What are ways that people can work with you when, you know, just one on, I guess, one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I do both businesses. And so Jen Bauer Healing is my one-on-one -on -one work supporting folks as a coach and as an energy healer. And then Nature Amazing. Center Coaching is if you want to train to learn to facilitate the different tools. That's beautiful. Cool. And if you're, if you're located in Southern California, then you can potentially also do the, the Equus Equus, exactly. therapy as well. Yeah. Yeah, or if you want to come visit. We'll come visit. <laughs> yeah. Jillian, you should fly down and we'll go together. I, well, I mean, my mom is, <laughs> my mom's in Long Beach, so I'm, oh, well, there you I'm go. basically, that's where I grew up. So, well, I love that you've got so many options. I and mean, this is the first time you've done this school too, right? So this is like, 
Uh, I, I yeah, birth, it birthed it in 2020 and we're, we oh have my a, gosh. yeah, we have our third cohort going through now. Um, oh, and, oh and wow. Feed, I didn't realize. Yeah. And the feedback from the students has been that it's been a transformational journey for them, that even if they decide not to go the coaching route, it has given them their own tools and they've done their own healing transformation over the 11 months. Because I mean, think about it when you come to class and you're practicing, you're practicing on your real stuff. And so mm-hmm. you're learning to your healing and learning. Yes. And yeah, then yes. you're also receiving it with your peers. And so you're going through each one of the tools and you have your own journey um, that's going through that at each Oracle layer. So I love that. That actually happened. Um, you met my friend Brittany at that one yes. day retreat, but she did a retreat where I helped facilitate with crystals. And basically for each workshop, I was kind of like we do in the podcast, but for each workshop, um, I would pair crystals to he- to help with that, but it was so interesting because Brittany allowed you know allowed each of the facilitators, whoever was there that wanted to come to all the courses, just come and spend the day, and we were right alongside the people that we were helping facilitate, like the people that signed up. We were all, you know crying with each other, you know hugging each other. It was just even though we were there as facilitators and helping with this retreat, we were receiving the well, mm-hmm. so. I can attest to that for sure. (laughs) But it's a reciprocation. It's you give, you receive, and that's the exchange and and the balance that we create in the world. Well, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your embodiment journey that we will be offering? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So um, I'm going to provide more structured process to working with animals and plants as messengers. And so there's a tool that we use called what would nature do? And it is where you pose your problem um, that you're stuck on to a plant or animal. And then you ask that animal or plant what they would do if they were you. And it's amazing the answers that come um, and the insight that arises from that. And then there's another one that's a little bit, deeper, uh, a little bit more steps and that's animals and plants as messengers. And it's similar to how I spoke, uh, before and referred to, you know, like what would be the descriptions that you would use? How, you know, what is its purpose in the world? What is its purpose in your life? What messages does it have for you? And it's done as a deeper meditation or a journal exercise. And so I'll provide those processes for you. It's a class that we teach at INCC. Um, and I figured since we talked about sea turtles, we'll throw in the sea turtle life cycle, um, as well. So cool. Um, and then just is is the, what would nature do? Is that what we did in our pre-call? Uh, yes. That's what you did with me with the pine cone. Do you want to play with it here? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to. (laughs) No, no, no. Let's do it. This will be fun. Hey listeners, this is going to get real awkward real fast. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. Yes, it is the one we played with in the pre-call. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just I was just gonna say that um we did this in our in our in, we experimented with this in our pre-call and it was definitely had like pine codes burning and like <laughs> <laughs> but it was but it was but it was really helpful. I had a question and I you know was feeling really confused and like it was very profound and helpful. So I was just gonna say that, but we can do it on the air too. But well, I don't know. You, Iris, you, you were the wanna... guinea pig with the last one, uh, Jillian. You might want to take take a step back if you don't want to be on the hot yeah, seat again Iris. or the love seat. If Iris, Iris you do, do it. it, I get the live hot seat. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll call uh, it the love seat. What's, 
Yeah, the, ooh, the love seat. I like that better. Um, it was funny because before this, I was like, well, what question? And right now, I feel like, especially going to the retreat and stuff, I'm like, I already feel like I'm in flow. I don't have, but I'm sure I could. Let me think of something. <laughs> um, how about, I think my thing will be, um, because I feel like I'm already on the path. I feel like Jillian and I both, we, we put a lot into our, this podcast and we feel like it will grow to really help a lot of people because that's our goal in all of this. Um, so between that and I'm working on my book and you know, still teaching about crystals, I feel like I'm already kind of in the flow. I have my hands in a lot of things, but it's steadily progressing. But I guess, um, a question would be, is there anything I'm missing? Can that be a question? Yeah. Or anything you're missing, or you could even just say, how do I go deeper and more expansive with this? I mean, we don't oh. have to, we don't have to look for problems to solve. We can also <laughs> look for, you know, how do I, how do I allow this to continue to be bigger and better? And like, Ooh, how do yeah. I continue to expand or continue it, we don't have to always look for ways we're stuck. Right. That's true. How to, how to expand what we're doing to be more, um, to be bigger because we do have, we do have our loyal, trustworthy <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Let's make we, it about the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we want to grow to help people all over the world. And our, our goal is to not only help people that are already spiritually minded is to help people that maybe they don't know much about crystals at all yet, but we are just trying to, you know, bring in different healing modalities for everybody. And so we want to get ourselves out there and how we can do that more than what we are already doing. Okay. So I'm hearing, um, how can I expand the podcast? How can we grow to help all people all over the world? And how do we reach those that are new to crystals? Yeah. Let's, let's start very vulnerable. <laughs> I know. I, I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which one of those do you want to pose first? And we may find that the same symbol works for all of the questions, but let's just go one at a time. Which question, if you feel into that, do you want to ask first? I would say how I can, how we can get the podcast, um, more out there essentially like to where there are more listeners. Okay. Um, and you mentioned earlier that your studio there doesn't really have nature elements to it right now. So do you yeah, want to I, tap into just your imagination or what do you want yeah, to do? Let's try that just okay. because, yeah, I have a, I mean, I have a couple little plants I can see, but I think it would be better to just. Okay. Okay. So settle into that question in your body, feel into your breath. Now, if you were to ask yourself what animal or plant, could provide the most wisdom right now in this moment for you? What's the first thing that pops into your mind? I, before you even asked me that I had a new, um, rosebud. Like mm -hmm. I was imagining my heart, but it was like a rosebud that was slowly unfurling. Beautiful. Okay. All right. So feel into that rosebud and you're going to have a conversation with this rosebud. And it'll just be, hey, Rosebud, here's where the podcast is at now. I'm looking to know how I can expand the podcast to more people out there. Rosebud, 
What would you do if you were me? What answer do you hear, Iris? I'm getting a couple different things. Okay. Um, which maybe you can help me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get curious about it. (laughs) Uh, What's coming up? So first of all, it's like a soft pink rosebud with like a little bit of white on the edges. Okay. And it's still kind of tighter. Like it hasn't quite bloomed yet. Um, But I got a little bit of like a reminder of fragrance um, and time Mm because rosebuds you can't really force Mm -hmm. to open. Um, And then I just got the little ping of like, sometimes like when I'm on a nature walk, I'll notice things that Rob won't notice when we're on our walks together and I'll point it out and he'll be like, Oh my gosh. Oh, that is so awesome. And he'll take a picture. Right. So I think I don't, to me, maybe that means this is one because rosebuds take, you know, you have to let them unfurl on their own. It can't be forced, but also that other people, people will notice and talk about. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting is that, you know, people will notice you know, it's a soft pink. So to me, that's more feminine. We do have a lot of <laughs> women so far. It's only been women on the show. Um, and the fragrance is basically it's sweet. And I don't know, that, that's kind of what I'm, what I got, but maybe you have a little more insight. Well, what does fragrance offer to you? Like when, when something's fragrant, what is it? What's, what's it elicit in you? Just that feeling of like, mm, this, this smells so good. And then it just, it, I get amazed that nature created it. Like mm-hmm. it's not a perfume. It's just something the flower did on its own. But yeah, Jillian, it sounds like you had an insight there. The phrase that came to my mind is that it was the, the essence. It's something that can be bottled in a way, mm-hmm. right? And it's like the rose may die, but the essence is going to continue, you know, and you can turn it into a perfume. It's something that can continue on and be appreciated. And um, that, I don't really know how that would translate, but that was the phrase that came to my mind. Yeah. Well, and, so, and even the fragrance, like the fragrance is what draws people to mm, the flower oh, that's very true so it yeah. makes it recognizable it, it's what makes it yeah it brings differentiated you from others exactly like draws you in to participate with it um and so if your podcast is fragrant <laughs> um then you have the feminine the soft pink coming in and maybe sharing with the masculine in the same mm-hmm. way you shared with your husband mm-hmm. like he wasn't the first to notice it, but he can appreciate it once he's been made aware. Right. And so it might be mm-hmm. interesting to play around with when thinking about topics and your focus areas, you know, what is fragrant for the podcast and that it might take time and you'll have your initial listeners and viewers, and then they may share it and it may go and expand to helping men getting in touch with that masculine side to complement the feminine in partnership. Yeah. And I feel like that's always been a vision of mine too, with, with this podcast as well. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, see, you've already got the inner wisdom. It's just yeah, now that you already knew. No. You already knew. You already knew. <laughs> Don't force it. Don't try and rip that rose open. <laughs> Let it unfurl. Yeah. And it is, okay. it's an essence that, that you're bottling. And so you're capturing these podcasts now, but people will be listening you know, a year from now, two years from now, whenever they discover you, whenever they've been exposed to it. 
So that's just a taste, you guys. <laughs> a uh, <laughs> a vulnerable uh, taste. A very um, vulnerable, slightly <laughs> embarrassing. I will but admit, I'm a powerful taste. You <laughs> <laughs> know, it's kind of like weird to like, hey guys, we're going to ask about how we can make this more popular to the people who are already listening. But yeah. we well, appreciate and, you. Thanks for yes. hanging out with us. <laughs> when you are vulnerable, you give others permission to be as well. And That's it's true. okay to say, hey, if you find our podcast fragrant, share it. Yeah. Share our essence with others. Exactly. <laughs> Let's do it. Call to action. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, obviously, we're crystallizing conversations. Yes. So yes. we would like to, on this topic, um, let our listeners know which crystal recommendations Jillian and I have put together to help us mm -hmm. connect to nature and to animals as guides and tapping into our own wisdom with that. Jillian, would you like to go first? Sure. <laughs> well, unlike probably most episodes where I have really clear, like, these are the good crystals that I would review, but of course go with your own intuition. I actually really feel that when connecting with animal energies, it is less about specific stones. I will say, I think a lot of agates and jaspers and chalcedony, these really earthy, sometimes slower energy stones can be really helpful in tapping into that versus like, you know, these very high vibrational esoteric type stones. But I will say, I honestly feel like one of the best ways is utilizing crystal figurines. So it's less about the actual stone and more about carvings that really help you connect with the energy of that animal. And if it's in a stone that really does help you, you know, that like resonates energetically with what that stone, with what that animal represents to you and, and the stone property and the animal property are in alignment, then I think that's really beautiful. So for instance, if you really resonate with let's say leopard energy and the, you know, leopard Jasper is like the thing that really, you're like, yes, this makes me think of leopards and it makes me happy. And I, I feel connected to it. Then perfect. Um, I do have like a few like figurines just as examples, but I mean, they really can come in any, mm -hmm. in any stone people are carving everything nowadays. So, so this is a clear quartz <laughs> elephant that I have here. That's very sweet. I have, this was actually like one of the first things I bought when I first started because um, I also really love butterfly energy. And so I have this Labradorite butterfly that has like beautiful flashes and <laughs> this was actually kind of sad. So I had, this was one of like my favorite pieces and it broke when we oh. were moving, but I just could not, I didn't have the heart to, to give it away. And it was a fluorite owl. Oh. Oh wow! I'm gonna I'm gonna mend it, but I I just haven't gotten around to it yeah, yet. But this is one of beautiful. my my favorite pieces. It was on my altar, and it it broke during our move. But um, especially for me, fluoride is a stone. It's a brow chakra stone. It helps with intuitive abilities. It also helps with learning and focus and wisdom. Um, and so finding an owl carving in fluoride was really resonant for me. So I think that's that's the main thing I would really recommend is is if there's an animal that you are really called towards getting a um, a carving of that animal, you know, for your space, or if you feel like you need help connecting, or just as like a delightful reminder, I'll be honest, my office is completely full of owl imagery. Like I've, 
literally like this entire section off screen you can't see i went like five different albums <laughs> so um so that's what i would recommend on the other hand like i said i think jaspers and agates are both really great this is a desert jasper this one has particularly has a lot of blue but it really comes in all colors it's its secondary name is polychrome uh it's a fantastic very stable stone that really helps you kind of connect with earthy energies. A lot of people recommend um, Dalmatian Jasper is another thing. It's another spotted Jasper that definitely looks like a Dalmatian. <laughs> or even maybe Orca Agate. Like Yes, Orca energy. Agate. I will say, I feel like there's a number of crystals that really do resonate with um, whale and dolphin energy that people have, I think because it's such a, it's such a powerful energy. And so when people do connect with it, so Lemurian, speaking of animals, I have an ant that's crawling across my desk right in front of me. Um, but for whale and dolphin <laughs> energies. Like, okay, and what does that mean to you? <laughs> I know. Um, so like Laramar, Lemurian, Aquatine, Calcite, Orica, Agate, these are all really great ones for connecting with that type of energy. Uh, but for for other animals, I would say like, go, go with the stone that feels like how the animal feels to you and really use your intuition for that, because that's really what's going to help connect you. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Jillian. Thank you. Um, mine again, I'm, I specialize in the formations. Um, so as I'm describing these, I highly recommend you guys go to my website and check out the free encyclopedia. There's photos, so it'll help you to visualize a little bit better. Um, as well as you might find, one of the most exciting things I find, um, and I've realized from a lot of my customers too, is learning about a formation and realizing you already have it in your collection. So if you're a crystal collector and you already have a bunch, as I talk about these formations, you might find you already have them, which is really exciting if if you've never heard of them before to learn about and look and find it in your collection. So I have for a formation to help you set aside time for you so that you can be open to these signs is called Dauphine Habit. And it's another one of the formations that you, in the mineral world, people are familiar with, but not necessarily in the metaphysical. And it is a formation that happens in quartz crystals. So we've talked before in multiple episodes now that quartz crystals have six sides <laughs> and six faces. Dauphine Habit is when one or two of the faces are much larger than the rest. And the reason being is it grew slower. There was actually an uneven supply of sicilic acid molecules. So that elongated face grew slower than the rest. So that's a crystal that's really going to help us slow down and have patience. Um, again, we talk about this fast paced world and doing, doing, doing. So it's not only going to help us to slow down, but because it is such a wide, larger face, it's going to help us to be open to those signs from the animals, the plants. Um, and then there's two formations that I recommend helping us to connect to nature itself. One is fairy frost, um, not to be confused with fairy dust, so the frosty one, <laughs> and I've talked in our previous plant episode about Devic Temple. So I'll go more into fairy frost. It's an internal attribute and it's what causes quartz crystals to appear white or cloudy. We've talked about divine feminine crystals are majority white or cloudy. So divine feminine crystals are majority fairy frost, but the fairy frost is 
the actual like color itself. And it's caused by like air bubbles, gas, um, small internal fractures, but they help us to get in touch with nature and all her magic and insight. So as we've already talked about noticing something just like I did with the rosebud and what it means to us. Um, so they help us to stay open to these signs as well as connect to mother earth. And on top of it, just because we're talking about nature, they also help us um, to be unmovable in our stance to protect our planet and give us the courage to stand our ground and be an advocate for mother earth. So just all around encompassing. And then Devic temple um, I'm not sure who's familiar with seeing crackle quartz, but that's a man-made version. But Devic Temple is when a quartz crystal has a lot of internal um, fractures that are horizontal. They're like little um, levels almost throughout the crystal. And they it comes from the word Deva or Devi, which is a supernatural divine being or God in Hinduism and Buddhism. And Devic Temple not only help us to connect to the more spiritual aspect, they also help us to connect to Mother Earth and all her creations, both seen and unseen. Um, and then as far as the crystal recommendation to help you understand these messages. So for instance, you notice something like, oh, I realize I'm noticing this. It helps us to really take notice and bring in what the meaning is for ourselves. And that's bridge formation. And bridge formation is a type of crystal where a crystal is piercing another crystal. And I feel like the easiest way to describe that would be, um, it's called bridge. And it would be the bridge is my arm. And the shoulder is connected to my body, right? It's held within. So um, a lot of people, sometimes they'll, they'll call it a penetrator crystal, but it's actually the base that's held instead of the tip. And the majority of that piercing crystal is outside of our body, whereas there's another formation very similar where it's the majority of the crystal you can see inside. That's inner child, which does something different. So majority of that secondary crystal out. What does a bridge do? in real life. It helps us to cross over obstacles that we normally wouldn't be able to get, get across. So bridge formation is going to help us to get through that mental chatter, to get through all that stuff that's blocking us from really understanding what the message is for ourselves. So that would be bridge. And then lastly, the crystal formation I would recommend for connecting to nature if we can't be in nature. So say you love being in nature, say you love seeing all these signs, but you're stuck in a cubicle all day, or it's nighttime and you realize you never got out into nature, or it's freezing outside and you can't go outside to really experience it, would be lodolite or garden quartz. And that is when a crystal has a bunch of different minerals included that almost looks like an underwater seascape or... Um, a garden garden space. You look up garden courts or lodolite. It's very, very beautiful. And when you aren't able to connect to nature physically, it's going to be one that kind of helps you to go within and do that through a crystal. So those are the formations. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I would say just to, to add in there, especially for being able to help help us understand the messages that are coming in. I didn't write this down, but when you, when you said it, I would, I would recommend, um, Shattakite is really fantastic for helping us under fully understand the messages that are coming to us through our guides or through animal messages or plant messages. Um, so I would say Shattakite, Shaman Stone, and then Blue Kyanite, but definitely mm. the Shattakite. 
one of my favorites. It's a good one. So much knowledge and wisdom. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Same. Thank you. We are so honored to have you on and we're so excited because we are going to have Jen on again because she is full of so much knowledge and we can't wait to pick her brain some more. Yes. So thank you so much, Jen, for being here, for taking the time to share your wisdom and your passion. And yeah, we're just so honored to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me the space to share and get this information out for folks and help in whatever way it's intended to. So thank you for providing that space and the platform and just your open hearts to receive this Mm -hmm. information. So thank you. So for those of you listening, we'll include in our show notes, the link to both of Jen's sites, whether you're interested in working with her one-on-one or whether you're interested in um, going through the, the, the fourth cohort of this amazing, amazing um, coaching course. So we'll include that. So it'll be easy for you to find. The embodiment journey sounds absolutely incredible. Um, I'm, I personally feel like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to download this one. This is, this is pretty great, especially because I've already done one of them. So and it was very helpful. I will also say that if you are not already a member, we do have our uh, private podcast. We've got an extra like little secret podcast, I guess, uh, that if you would like to join, um, you can go to our website, which is crystallizingconversations.com. Uh, we have our Star Sapphire membership, and that gives you access to our private podcast, to our community. Um, and we also have another another one that's called the Druzy membership, which gives you same of all of the same access as the Star Sapphire, but then you also get the embodiment journeys for this month. So um, so it'll be for March. So you'll get this one and then you'll get our, our next one as well. So um, we've got those available. We would love to to see you in our community. Um, it is it is new, but we're we're growing and it's exciting. Um if you enjoyed this episode, as we as we just said with the, with our beautiful rose fragrance, if you, if you enjoyed <laughs> our, our fragrance, uh, if you would mind, you know, sharing it with others, letting others know, and pointing out how awesome we are, if you think so, <laughs> to other people, that would be that would be fantastic. Um, we hope you continue along this podcast journey with us. We also would really love to know. Uh, what you think. If you would like to give us a rating, we really appreciate that, especially if it's a good rating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also if you've got questions or you are curious about things or you want to share what topics you're interested in, you can um, contact us on Instagram and comment, DM us, let us know what you're curious about. We're always excited to know what you all want to learn and who, who you know, if there's anyone that you think you love that you want us to have on our podcast, please let us know. We are a, we are a community here and we, we really want this to be a place where you all feel uh, like you have a place too. So um, with that, I, you, I think that's it. You can find us also on Spotify, Apple Play, YouTube, and crystallizingconversations.com. 
think that's all of your information. Oh, don't forget (laughs) what? Don't forget that if you're listening to the podcast, make sure and hit subscribe because we are posting every full and new moon. That way you get a notification as soon as our episode is out. Same with YouTube. So every single episode we have invested so that you guys can watch and feel like you're watching a show if you're not much of a podcast listener or if you want to do both. Make sure and subscribe. Yeah, and see the crystals and our expressions and all the different things that we're showing. <laughs> um, uh, make sure and subscribe on YouTube as well. So thanks, everyone, yeah. for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, friends. This concludes another episode of Crystallizing Conversations. We are so grateful for every moment you spend with us, whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the crystallizing community. To find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.